Right, we're on. Dave, what have you been watching? going to mention something, so this isn't a, a movie per se, but this is about movies. As we record this, John Williams is 92 today. 92. 92, yeah. Just he, being nominated for Oscars again. Didn't he? He said he was going to retire, and then he retired and went, <laughs> nah, I don't want to retire. <laughs> so if you don't know John Williams, you will, because he did the music for Jaws, E.T., Indiana Jones, Star Wars, Harry Potter, you know, pretty much all the Spielberg films. If you don't know who John Williams is, then he is probably the greatest composer ever. Oh, he's unreal. Um, so it's his birthday today, which leads into someone's birthday tomorrow. It is, yeah. Who's that? It's me. <laughs> How old are you tomorrow? 45. Oh, so you're 45 before me, but literally... So that means you're 45 two weeks later? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are we officially middle-aged, yeah? I think so, yeah. What have you been watching? So I finished Louder Milk. Finished it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. You, when did you tell me to watch it originally? It's a while ago. I watched it in lockdown. Oh, was that when you go into it? Oh, yeah. I thought you watched it when it came out. Well... It's like 2017. 2017, but that was 2017, 2018. I think the last season came out around 2019, 2020. Right, okay. So, so all, all three seasons are on Netflix now. I did see... There was an article from Peter Favley basically saying the out, they've, they've already outlined season four and season five. And I hope now, because it's got picked up by Netflix and it's getting a new audience there, they'll be able to make it's it. It's been a big hit on Netflix as well, hasn't it? Yeah, I've noticed in the charts. Kenny was all made up. Did you notice? No. So we put a um, a post out saying that we watched Louder Milk and Brendan McNamara, who plays Tom, liked our post. Get in, Kenny. <laughs> oh, he loved... he's a little Twitter whore, isn't he? You watched anything? I've got a couple of bits as well, but have you watched anything? I've actually watched a couple of things. I finally watched... Do you remember we mentioned it when we did Young Guns? The writer, John Fusco, or I think his name was, he wrote the animated film Spirit about the horse. You said you'd seen it. Yeah, it's Matt Damon, I think, in that Narrated. one. Finally got around to watching that. Oh, it's a great film. I it's, have seen it. I don't remember it. It's, it's an... Because like, it's not a Disney film as, as such, because... It's a Dreamworks. I don't, don't know, actually. Because... It's about horses, but they don't speak, so all the emotions are just through horses going, yeah. like, being non-verbal, but they manage to do it. Matt Damon does a voiceover, but it's only, like, every now and again. Right. It was, it was a good little film. Trigger Point? You watched any of them? No. With, uh, Vicky McClure on ITV. Season two's just come on. She plays, like, a bomb disposal expert. That's definitely worth a watch. Go around finally watching Super Mario Brothers film. Had you not seen it, no? I hadn't seen it, no. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought we watched it together. <laughs> Clearly not. Must have went with Kenny, wasn't I? No, yeah, no, I never went with you. Yeah, it's good, I think it? you went on your own, actually. No, no, I didn't. Me, Donovan, Kenny went. Did you? Yeah, no, I didn't go. Charlie Day and Chris Pratt, obviously, the uh, the leads. We had this conversation about when it was announced Chris Pratt was going to be yeah. Mario and everyone was going to boycott it, and then it made, like, a billion. It, well, <laughs> it, but I remember you said to me, it's, like, literally non-stop. Oh, yeah. And that exactly what... I'll be honest with you, I don't even know if it was good or bad because I don't actually recall anything because it just goes... Da, 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 it just goes <laughs> but I did love all the little callbacks to all the Mario games here and there. The music especially. Yeah. There was some great little bits and I really enjoyed it. And Seth Rogen's in it as well. He is, yeah. Welcome to Watch It If You Can. My name is Dave. My name is Liam. This podcast is all about box sets we've created of our favourite films and TV shows. Some you've seen, some you haven't, and others you may never want to watch. However, if you've never seen The Mask of Zorro, remember, the pointy end goes into the other man. All we want to do is chat on about these films and TV shows we love so dearly, and maybe, just maybe, you should watch it if you can.
Liam. Dave. It's box set five. I know. It's crazy. So the other week we had a special episode, didn't we, with Matt and John from we the did, film yeah. thingy. This is just me and you. Just you and me again. Brand new box set. Brand new box set. Shall I tell the listener what it's all about? Yes, go on. So what we've decided is we're going to do a special box set, which is all about films that basically didn't light up the box office, but that we love. And we're calling it our Bombed But Boss box set. I thought it was Boss But Bombed. No, it's Bombed, but it's Boss. Bombed but boss. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We can oh we can call it boss, boss but bomb. Bomb. I was thinking but yeah. We've obviously thought this through, haven't we? We did, yeah. I think I think bombed but boss. Okay, yeah. we'll go with that one then. Yeah, with that. We'll just when we make sure we do the trailer afterwards, because we are gonna be doing a trailer <laughs> for the box set that we remember the right way. But yeah. Either way, yeah. So it's yeah, it's all about films basically that are really good films but just maybe didn't find an audience and you know, we'll be talking about why we love that film and then we'll be talking about potentially why it just didn't find that audience maybe yeah. what we would have changed and maybe what you know because we're obviously clearly much more clever than all these film oh, executives aren't like, we you what know? did these film people know they could have sorted this out <laughs> there's going to be a few films where there's various reasons where there's probably nothing yeah, yeah. that could have been done but let's see so what are we starting with my first choice for our bombed but boss is Steve Jobs. Ah, okay, so we're not going to phone this episode in then. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> 2015 biography of the Apple co-founder Steve Jobs. The film is based around the build-up of three eventful launches of Steve Jobs products, which serve as a backdrop to both his personal and professional life. So why Steve Jobs as the first episode? Although we'd already picked the theme, which we're going to do Bomb Up Boss Film, I thought, I haven't actually done a biography yet. I don't think we, we've done a biography. We hinted at maybe doing a biography box set. We did. did so I think maybe it. that might have been one of them. But I, I do like a good biography film. So I thought, oh, what could do? And then I was trying to think of which ones fits into this theme. Steve Jobs is a fascinating human being. Equally genius, equally flawed. That's right up my street. As we, <laughs> as we all know, you know, the type of films and characters that we like. So I think definitely so. I really enjoyed it when we first came out. But it's obvious why I liked it. It's Aaron Sorkin script and it's a Danny Boyle film. It just ticks all my boxes. And I loved it, but we'll go into reasons why it just didn't take flight later in the podcast. So there's another one to add to that. Which is it's about friendship again. Um, do you know what it did? It did cross my mind. It is. It is again. And I've been totally honest. All three of my picks for this box set are the same. Oh, they are, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Group of people thrown together. That's non-family. Have to just navigate life. It's like I'm not even original anymore. <laughs> You're creating your own theme, aren't yeah, you? have got your own genre. Definitely. So I read then David Fincher was going to direct with Dan... Yes. ...with uh, Christian Bale, sorry, as he was going to play Steve Jobs. Fincher left then, didn't he? Danny Boyle come in and it was going to be Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, they asked him, but he turned it down for the Reverend. So he left, yeah, and then apparently Bale was then back in. Then was linked to Matt Damon, Ben Affleck and Bradley Cooper. All interesting choices. Jessica Chastain was linked as well, but who is in it then? So the role of Steve Jobs went to Michael Fassbender, which at the time he wasn't. He was he just come off the back. He'd done both X Men films, so he was a, he was a, a big known actor, but he wasn't a movie star. I don't think he would necessarily say he is now. He's a great actor because like some of the things they've done, Band of Brothers, which we've already touched on. Weirdly, although he's in virtually every episode, oh, there's a line in him. He was just, if you remember, he's just there in the background. So I reckon he got quite a few bits cut out of him. But most people will know him from he's in 300. He's got a small part in that. Inglorious Bastards, he's in that. 12 Years a Slave, I completely forgot he was in that as well. He's amazing in that, he's yeah. He's brilliant in that. But 
most people obviously we already mentioned will know him as Magneto from the X-Men films which the first two first class and the days of future past is it I think it's called yeah though they're, they're absolutely cracking films them two him and, um, and you got Last Stand as well is it, it's the three isn't it yeah I've picked two films but I've picked one I've seen and one I haven't seen okay and I've picked one you'll probably never watch so Eden Lake you will never watch. Is it? Is, is it? Like it's a horrifying. Is it proper scary one? No. It's a proper scary no. out in the woods camping. Oh god! Already, let me out, mate. Go. That's from two thousand eight, and the one I haven't seen, and I don't know what put me off watching it. But I haven't seen Shame. No, I haven't watched it. It was quite controversial at the time. I seem to remember, wasn't it? Yeah, he's like a sex addict in it, yes. isn't he? And I've not. I don't know, it just... I think it's one of those you're going to have to be in the mood to watch because yeah. I think it's going to be pretty Doesn't bleak. Doesn't he have sex with his stepsister or something like that? Oh, I don't know. Um, is that what it is? Yeah, because it was quite... Yeah. I haven't seen it. Apparently his performance is amazing. Yeah, it? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I haven't seen it, no. Who else is in it then? Joanna Hoffman is played by the incredible Kate Winslet. We will know Kate Winslet from the 1995 Sense and Sensibility. Jude, which I've already mentioned this one, this was the, the the BBC series she did with Christopher Eccleston. I said it was the most depressing thing I've ever watched <laughs> in my life, but it's still really good. Her and Christopher Eccleston are amazing, isn't it? Obviously, we're not going to mention Kate Winslet without saying Titanic, which for all what we say about Titanic, it's an incredible film. In fact, I feel like we do need to come back to it at some point. The last hour and a half is just a James Cameron action movie. It's an unbelievable film. A couple of other really good films I think you will love. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I've I think it's that. such an incredible good film. Him and Jim, here and Jim Carrey are fantastic in that. I've also got to mention in an episode of Extras. Oh, that's the best one, isn't it? Yeah, one of the best She's playing the, the... Obviously playing herself, but in, she's playing a nun in the movies, yeah, isn't she? yeah. Yeah, it's that whole scene, isn't it, where she she asks for the advice about how to talk dirty on the phone. Oh, I just think it's one so of the best. Cringe-worthy, and it? on the back of her advice that Ricky Gervais gave her, she went and did the reader and <laughs> yeah. got the Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> Which, but the reader, by the way, is an amazing film. It's it's an unbelievable film. So yeah, they're my they're my recommendations. So I had Eternal Sunshine, Spotless Mind, because that's just a brilliant film. But Mervy's Town. I haven't seen it yet. I knew you were going to, because yeah. you mentioned it a few it's times. HBO series, Guy Pearce is in it as well. I don't know whether there's going to be a sequel or not, but it's definitely worth a watch. And then I picked a random one, Contagion. I haven't seen that yet either. So that had a massive, when the pandemic hit. Yeah, that's right. Everyone was watching it and it was huge again. I think it was on Netflix. So that's definitely a film that's worth Justin revisiting. Justin Hoffman in it as well. Or my no, that's, yeah, that's a different one. This is with Matt Damon. Okay, we've also got Seth Rogen, who plays the brilliant Steve Wozniak. I love Seth Rogen. And do you know what? I was looking through his IMDb bibliography before. He is one hell of a grafter. Like his, I know he does loads of little mm. cameos, but he produces, he writes, he, he stars. Some of my things I'm going to pick up from Seth Rogen is Freaks and Geeks, I just absolutely adore. I think it's just groundbreaking genius. 40-year-old virgin, I think, quite often gets <laughs> overlooked these days because of all the other films you've all gone and done. Superbad is about one of my favourite films of all time. That will definitely be covered on a podcast at you some mentioned point. you want to do that, haven't you? 50-50. Yeah. Is, is not That's a comedy. That's another Jude Apatow one, Yeah, it? but it's not a comedy. It sort of got billed as a comedy. It's not. It has a couple of funny moments in it, but it's not a comedy. I watched it totally expecting it was going to be a funny Judd Apatow, Seth Rogen film, and it's not. But it's still a really good film. (laughs) You're not selling it to me, though. And obviously, Super Mario Brothers, which we've already mentioned, he plays Donkey Kong. So you mentioned like how hard work he is. So he's obviously producing the boys at the minute yes, as well. Yeah. Uh, Gen X, Gen V, sorry, the spin off. He does a voice in Invincible. Yeah. He, I can't remember the character now. He was he was involved in getting Walking Dead up and running as well, wasn't he? Was he? I'm sure he's one of the producers on that oh, as interesting. well. The one I picked though to watch, because he is such a good actor and doesn't get the credit. I think I don't think any comedy actors ever get the credit and 
very rarely nominated for Oscars, are they? Very rarely, like, comedy films even win at all when if they are nominated. But Pam and Tommy, which is the Apple TV series... Is it Apple TV? I think it's I Apple TV. Remember. come out in 2022. It's... Um, he, he plays the guy who leaked... Yeah. The, the now you see, tape. I watched the first episode of this, and I just never went back and watched it. You need to. I think there's only about six episodes. Yeah, yeah. But he's great. I think he's great, isn't he? I mean, I think he's good in everything. I think he's. I think he's such good actor. You're right. I. I just think whatever he does, he's just. Is this his best performance though? I think in this. This was. This was a great performance by him because a it's not that big a role, but. It's a it's completely non comedy. It is out and out drama, and it's such a it's such a good performance. A memorable performance as well mm. for such a small role. We've also got one of my favorite actors doing around the moment, Jeff Daniels, who plays John Scully. You will know Jeff Daniels from an episode of Frasier. We had to get one episode of Frasier. And again, I think he must have been the caller. I think he's a voice. I don't remember. Yeah, I yeah. don't remember him being in it. Because because. We, when he check it's down on his IMDb, which normally means we don't remember him being in it, he's definitely calling because they yeah. literally got loads of famous people through the callings. But it was nice because we know normally have a Frasier or Cheers <laughs> throwback. He's also in Speed, which I always forget about as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for the listener, but he's not in it for very long. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you can't mention Jeff Daniels without saying Dumb and Dumber. But I was going to ask you about that. They go on about, like, Robert Downey Jr. being cast as, like, Iron Man as being, yeah. like, this, like, groundbreaking thing. Jeff Daniels getting Dumb and Dumber is one of the greatest choices yeah. ever, yeah. I think. Because he wasn't... He wasn't known for that style of comedy. No. And you, once you've got Jim Carrey, you think, well, obviously, if you've got Jim Carrey, then you're going to link him up maybe with a Seth Rogen type or, yeah, yeah. you know, some of those other type of mad sort of comedians... To put Jeff Daniels in Dumb and Dumber, yeah. that that was that was just genius. I think. I think again, it's one of my favorite all time films. He's also in State of Play, the film version. Which we I don't I don't really remember the movie much to be honest. No, I obviously don't. we revisited the TV, the, the, TV. The, the original TV series. Another film he's in. I don't think he's got, he's got he's not one of the main properties in, it, and it so often gets overlooked. But it's a boss film, Looper. Lupe with Bruce Willis. Yes. And, uh, yeah, he's the, he's the bad guy, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, such good film. And talking of bad guys, the Netflix series Godless, which I mentioned with yeah. me Westerns. Oh, he's fantastic in that. He is so... He is... That is the Jeff Daniels where he is horrible and he's just <laughs> like, oh... But for him, the, the, he can just do anything. I love Jeff Daniels. So I've picked Dumb and Dumber, obviously... I've never seen this, but I've seen the clips, the newsroom. It is on my list here, but I was like, I was just... Is that another Aaron Sorkin? It's another Aaron Sorkin one. It... So, the only reason I mention it is because there's that clip that is on YouTube, which I think we... everyone's seen, we're talking yeah. about when was America great yeah. again. And that clip alone... It's, it is good. It just, for some reason, it just stopped. Was it on here? Did we get it? Yeah, we yeah, it was a HBO one, I think, possibly. So it was or, on like Sky Atlantic yeah, or something. I think so. I'd watched I'd watched most of the first, second series at the time. It was years like round two thousand round back round bad time of this. Twenty twelve, yeah. Yeah. Really good. Also in the film we've got Michael Stolberg, who plays Andy Hertzfeld. Again, he's in another Aaron Sorkin TV series called Studio Sixty, along with Matthew Perry. I've never seen that. Right, I haven't seen it, but it's meant to be amazing. And again, it didn't get picked up. I think they only did one or two series and it didn't get picked up. So it just ended just like the newsroom. And I think that's one of the reasons I haven't gone to watch it because knowing you know something didn't get renewed or didn't see it's like... Because you know it just disappears. But he's he's in that. It's meant to be really good as well. Obviously, most people know him from Broadwalk Empire. He plays the the, the Rothstein character and they're really good. He's also done Seven Psychopaths. He's also in that, which I watched recently. He's got a part in that. He's also in Arrival. Do you remember Arrival? Yeah, we yeah. went to watch that. That's a film I'd love to come back to that we'll do at one point. And he's also in The Post as well, the Steven Spielberg 
Tom Hanks one. So I've got The Shape of Water. I haven't seen that. You haven't seen that, no. no. You'd really like that uh, from 2017. And I've watched the two seasons of Your Honour with Brian Cranston and him, and he plays the bad guy. Okay. He's a, he's a gangster, in it, And Brian Cranston plays the, like, the, um, the judge. Uh, that's a really, um, really good series. I don't know if it's coming back for a third one, but there's, there's two. And, and to be fair, you can watch the two because there's, there's a, a sort of an ending in two anyway, uh, okay. even if they don't bring it back. And he's in Doctor Strange as well. Not a big part. He is, yes. Yeah. He is in the Doctor Strange movies as well. Uh, I think he's a great actor. He's, he's, again, he's one of them actors that he continually works and boss stuff. He just yeah. keeps cropping up. We do a box set called My Mum Would Know His Face But Not His Name. <laughs> That's a good idea for our next box set. Anyway, just two more. I just want to point out Catherine Watson, who played Chrisanne Brennan. She's in Logan Lucky. It's very... The Adam Driver? Yeah. I don't remember... I'll be honest, I don't remember being in no, it. No, I think she must have only had a small part in it. And also just one... Just, like, just because it's interesting, but it's the first time I Sarah Snook came to my attention. She's got a small role in this, and obviously we all know Sarah Snook going on to succession. But I think it was her first non-Australian TV American debut. I, I think she's great, isn't she? Is she I, I'd love to... I don't know what she's going to be doing next. I haven't checked, like, IMDb, but I think anything with the succession cast, whatever they're yeah, going to do Yeah, everyone's watching what they're going to do next, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So... We're going to move on to your favourite character then. Honourable is Jeff Bridges, who plays John Scully. I think he's it's such a small part, but so well done. The typical Aaron Sorkin, the conversations he has, and he was always pushing Steve Jobs. You can see there was a, they really had respect for each other, but obviously without going too much, the, the fallen outs and then he sort of reconciled at the end. Yeah. I just think it's a fantastic performance. However, can't not really go for... You need a drum roll here. <laughs> Don't think so, because I think it's fairly okay, obvious. It's cool. the biography of Steve Jobs having performance wise Michael Fassbender absolutely steals it. I think it's it's a hell of a performance. I put Fassbender. I, to be honest, I had a feeling you might have went with Kate Winslet. I wasn't sure. So when you said Fassbender, I was thinking, no, I do. I agree, though. It, I think it's his career best I do. performance. I do. And, and I think what was strange as well is when I first heard the cast and he was going to do it, it didn't automatically jump out to think, oh. Well, that's one of my questions later, actually when we talk about the reasons. So yeah. remind me to come back to that okay, question then. But you do think he's the he's the best one. I think he's brilliant in it. And I'll tell you why it works for him, why it's a great piece of casting. The, the character of Steve Jobs, one of the themes of it is the arrogance and the self-assuredness, but also coupled with that vulnerability. And I think Michael Fessbander does it so well because the... What I love about the character of Steve Jobs as the film goes through is he's a bit of an arsehole, quite frankly. And But as the film goes on, as he gets older, you just see him mellow out. And I just think that was just... I, I think you needed a, an actor who, quite frankly, has got that bit of arrogance and self-assurance. And I think Michael Fessbander has. I think, mm. not saying what I've seen of him, he comes across as a bit of a knob or nothing, but he seems very... He knows he's a good actor. And he's a handsome man. He's a good-looking fella as well. <laughs> Delivering the having talking lines, though, you've got to be a good actor, I think. Oh. As much as you can say, oh, you know, the script's amazing, and actors could come in and read that script and... It would sound good, but you've still got to be able to deliver it. Yeah. It's like Few Good Men, isn't it? I think Jack Nicholson just alleviates everything. As, as good as the script is, you've got Jack Nicholson there and Tom Cruise both going toe-to-toe. <laughs> and I think Michael Fassbender and the Kate Winslet, that reminded me of the Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson stuff because it's so, like, back and forth, yeah. isn't it? And yeah. the acting's it's, amazing. It's, it's an incredible... It's it's, he... I just love anything Aaron Sorkin does because, and I've said this and everything I've done about Aaron Sorkin is, he writes the best arguments ever and he just <laughs> nails it. But, I just think what I love about his performance in it is, 
and it's the whole question that that, that the quote that that Steve Wozniak says it's 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 not binary. You can be a decent and very clever or successful person, yeah. and he just walks that line. Steve Jobs as a person and Michael Fassbender, I think he absolutely nails it. And I think it's not an easy role to play because he is a very complicated person. Steve Jobs is so you you see in a film. He's an absolute arsehole. Oh, the, yeah. the first part. So the film itself is split over three yeah. nights, isn't it? And the 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 first night is the daughter's really young and he's such an arsehole. He's 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 awful. <laughs> and he's awful to his staff. Yeah. Like, but he has this idea that because he's so driven in what he wants to do, it can all be forgiven because it will be great. And that's what yeah. Steve Wozniak was saying. He says, you can be a decent person and good. It's like... And and what I loved about this first man's performance and what I love about this film is you see as the film, like you said, it goes through the three stages, he just gets older and you can see the, how he grows and develops. And he's... Although he's still very driven, the character Steve Jobs, it just... He's a lot more relaxed. Isn't yeah, it? you just see it change, and, and and I just think it. I just think it's it's such a big role to take, and he absolutely nailed it. And the fact that he doesn't look a million, you wouldn't force. Oh, he looks like he's got a look of Steve Jobs. I think by the time the film finished, it didn't matter. Mm. He was Steve Jobs, even to the point where I think he wore contact lenses as well, because he, you know, because he's got brown eyes and things like that, and the glasses, and the black polo neck and the jeans. <laughs> it. it I just think he just he just smashes it, Michael. It's a great performance. So do you have a favourite scene within the film? Okay, I'm going to really cheat on this one because... You told me it's one main one. It's one. But... And what I absolutely love about <laughs> this film, and this is why I struggle to pick a, a scene or a moment, it's the concept that I'm going to pick, i.e., it's all this build up to the three events and it's the conversations. I just think it's genius. I just think it's so well thought out how you can cram all all his his life, his personal dramas, his professional dramas in three half hour conversations. Yeah. That and it's all real time as well, like the build up to going on stage and doing events. I just think it's amazing. And I, I was trying to nail down a moment I loved it. And there's some little, like, there's some really, really funny little moments in it. There's some non-funny moments. There's some bits where he's an absolute arsehole. But I kept coming back to what I love about this film and therefore my favourite bit is the whole concept of trying to do... It's 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 almost like a stage play, isn't yeah. it? So I know it's a cheat. I'm not going to pick a specific <laughs> film. But that, to me is what the film is. It's it's the concept and I just absolutely adore it. And, and Danny Boyle obviously pulls him off, doesn't he? I can't I to be honest, I don't imagine what the Fincher version would have been like. I think the Danny Boyle one would is Well the thing I've got in and this is pure Danny Boyle, but they filmed the filmed the eighties version in sixteen millimeter film. They filmed the nineties bit in thirty five mil. And then he filmed the last bit, right. sorry, in the, when you bring out the iMac in digital, the high quality digital. So all three eras look right. completely different. And it all builds into like you, you can feel a passing of time because the film, 16mm is, is less quality. Although it looks beautiful, 16mm yeah. compared to 35mm, you know, and then compared to the digital stuff they shot the last bit in. And that's pure Danny Boyle. And I think that's just genius movement on his behalf. So I, I've got a couple of scenes. One is when him and Kate Wins are sort of in the hallway and he starts talking about, is it the rocket takeoff? And it starts coming on the wall behind them. Yes. Where I realise, I just don't know, I don't know what it is about that scene. I just think that looks like stunning because the camera pulls right back and then the distance and you see what he's talking about described on the wall. But my favourite scene probably overall, it's probably my favourite piece of dialogue is, so Lisa is his daughter, isn't he? Yeah, he, yeah. You know, in the early early days he's, he's denying and the system is called the local integrated system architecture and she's asking isn't she when yeah, she's yeah. young that 
is that named after me? And he's dead blunt, isn't he? And goes, it's a coincidence. And he yeah. is an arsehole, isn't he? But later on when she's older and she brings it up and she says to him, I was five, why couldn't you just lie? And he says, I did. He goes, of course it was named after you. Yeah. He goes, local integrated system architect. It doesn't even mean anything. And that's like... It's a really teary moment, I it's think. It's a good... Uh, and I think, again, it's that bit that... It's seeing him mature as much as his daughter. You see his daughter because it's three different actresses for yeah, the daughter. Yeah. And that's that's the sub the subplot, sub-story. But Steve Jobs, because you find out he had a really strange upbringing because he was adopted and then his initial adopted family... Mm-hmm. Sent him, like sent him back basically, and then he went and then he went back out to another brought to another family. Ah, and so he is he he because he basically had that conversation with his daughter at the end. He says, I messed up because like I don't know what's right when it comes to, 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 to family and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, I'm such a messed up person. I thought it was a lovely the relationship he eventually had with his daughter, but yeah, it's it, that's a lovely scene that actually. Because that was the first time he said, I'm not bothered about going on late. Remember he kept saying, yeah. we start when we stop. We have to start. It was so... And it was like, they were ready to go on. He said, no, I want to find my daughter. And you just knew it was that... The softness coming That in, was him. It? That was him maturing as a person, yeah. I mean, I suppose there's probably questions about the integrity of the story because it's a... I think recently, like Ridley Scott with Napoleon is getting a lot of stick, isn't yeah, he, for yeah, how yeah. historically accurate it is. I think with that, obviously, that was, you know, way in the past, and he sort of turned around and said, well, well, he sort of said to people, we'll be there. I think with this, it's slightly different because a lot of the people would have been around and would well, have been, we would have had input. So I don't know how true all of this is. I don't know. I think what I, I think one bit I did read is virtually the conversations. Didn't happen as they did, as in that that, in that build up. But what happened did happen in between all the three events. They just what Aaron Sorkin did is he just grouped all the things up and bumped them all into t- t- three thirty minute conversations. Yeah. It's a really clever way of covering someone's history in a real. That's what I love about mm. it. It's like he's like okay, all this stuff happened in the eighties. All this stuff happened in this time. All this stuff I'm I'm gonna. Ru- Show him one night. I'm going to shovel it all up into one conversation, <laughs> one real live conversation, and do it three times, mm. and you've got the biography of a human being. I think that's, again, it's absolute genius. What about the music then? Do you know what? There's some really good tracks in it. I'm going to say a bit of music, and I don't know why. There's a bit of a snob element coming out to me now, but <laughs> I love Bob Dylan. There's a couple of Bob Dylan songs in there. I just thought the use of the times they're changing was really cheesy and obvious. It was like... It's getting used in a lot of movies. Yeah, but I'm like, it's all about, you know, growing up and maturing and the time things change. There's so many songs you could use. It was fucking such an obvious choice. And that's just me. And it's a great song, by the way, and I'm not around. The best use of it is in Watchmen. In yes. The, in the opening scenes. Yes. That, I think that's the best use because it does pop up in a it few is, films, It is a great it? song. However... They use the song The Libertines, which one is it? Don't Look Back Into The Sun. And it's it's the bit where they do near the, the news montage. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just think it's one of my favourite songs. And to use it in the Steve Jobs film, I was like, yes. So <laughs> definitely The Libertines. Our favourite question then is normally, what would you have done to make it better? But obviously, this is our Bomb Boss box set. So the question is going to be, why do we think it, failed at the box office and what would you have done to save it or what could have been done well let me answer the things that would not change but the, the, the things that I don't think work as a film first and then I'll come into why it may have bombed a couple of little things one little thing is Kate Winslet's accent it's hit and miss, isn't it? Yeah. In fact, she sounded more Polish in the last bit than she did in the start. And it was, I don't know why, it was just a bit... Thing. The character, Chrisana, his, his partner, mm. I didn't think was very well wrote and I don't think it was very well acted or directed. I just thought she was a bit two-dimensional because 
they were just making out she was a bit of a bit crazy bit of a money grabber but I thought you could have dealt with that there was more of a human story behind that character I just thought just somebody was there all the other playing. characters were you could see faults and the human side of I thought that character was just a little bit lacking in, in, in a bit of just explanation also I feel like and this is probably more down to script Aaron Sorkin it just got a bit fumbly with I still don't fully grasp how because the second launch is this next computer that he built that basically wasn't didn't this is exist. The box, isn't it? Yeah, it didn't exist. It was it was all fake because and he was the whole thing was he knew Apple would come in to buy his software and then that would be his way back to Apple. I don't fully understand how or why. <laughs> Do you get what I mean? It was he like hadn't com- he hadn't built the iOS, sadly. Yeah. But he but it was almost like he was playing 3D chess. Yeah, and I just maybe I'm 4D chess. Maybe sorry. I'm not that clever, but I just thought in the film, I get where he went back. He, he got invited back to Apple because at that point Apple was failing. But his reasoning to, to basically invent this product that he knew was a pile of shit, but Apple <laughs> would come back because he wanted an operating system, which at the point wasn't even operating yet. And I just it just didn't quite... I thought the script was a bit... It was just a bit fumbled how right. how he came back to Apple, I thought. Because you got the news montage of all, like, Apple stock mm. going, crash and taking people, and then he invites back. But the bit before with this next computer, I, it just seemed to lose me a little bit. I'm not 100% sure. So they did a couple of little okay. things I thought I wasn't too sure about. Now, why it failed? Whether, you know... We have these, we answer that question on films we think are perfect. There's always things we think of, you know, we do definitely. Let's have a look at it. So it was a £30 million budget, estimated, and you reckon it only took £34 million worldwide. This is, this is a flop, Animally, You've got an all-star cast. You've got a f- an Aaron Sorkin script. You've got Danny Boyle directing and you've got a film about a figure that half the fucking population in the world (laughs) was sat there with an Apple Mac, an iPad, an iPhone, 27 iPhones replaced every year. (laughs) He was almost like a Svengali type of character to two people. Why did this film just disappear without a trace? So... And you've got to think as well, because we always just mention the, the budget, but I imagine that doesn't include all your media side, no, and, you no, know, all your publicity, no, so your promotion. Because Marvel are spending like £100 million just on promoting easy. their films. And this, so if you're saying it only made £34 million, it, it probably didn't make anything, did it? It didn't make a £4 million profit. It, it, made it absolutely bombed. And it is literally the definition of, Boss, but bombed or bombed, but bombed. <laughs> Whichever <laughs> way you go. And it's. Because he, he was Oscar. Was he Oscar nominated fast? My first man was Oscar. She nom- was Oscar nominated yes. as well, Kate Winslet. I know Leonardo DiCaprio got it for The Reverence. I was going to get into that. Yeah. But, I, um... So why did it bomb? One of the reasons I saw an interview with Danny Boyle is he thought the timing of the release wasn't great, as in what it was up against, but also the fact that. Maybe there was a bit of fatigue attached because we'd had the Ashton Kircher film. Ashton Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher. Kutcher. But that was only two years out and that's not a very good film. That, and that flopped as well. Yeah, that flopped as well. So we got that. We'd also not long had the Social Network film, which was again by Aaron Sorkin, mm. which was a big hit. So I think... People just expected this was going to be a big hit, but it's a totally different film. Yeah. So there's those there's those issues. Was there a bit like Danny Boyle seems to think there was just a bit of fatigue because there was two Steve Jobs films in the space of two years, and they were both, you know, the the, the other one wasn't very it good. Was this stung. was good, but it just didn't go anywhere. And you can't. I mean, we've already alluded to it as well. There was a lot of production problems because initially it was a Sony film. 
with David Fincham. He left. Then Sony actually dumped the film and Universal came in and picked it up, which they'd just done with another film of great success. And actually it was Dumb and Dumber 2. The initial maker that one dumped the film, they came in and picked it and they had relative success with, and funny enough, with Jeff Bridges. So they thought, oh, this is going to be a big hit. We'll take this. <laughs> and again, it just... It just Fell didn't take off. Side. It just didn't take off its own. So there's all that. So there are the reasons. I think personally, for all the reasons I like this film because it's it's very clever and it's the concept of this this you know free thirty minutes. I think that's why it flopped. I think yep. it was just too clever for its own good. Yeah, and it makes me. Again, sound like a bit of a snob because I like it. I think it, I like all, all the reasons it failed are the reasons I love it. And I, I don't know, I I just think it was a little bit too clever for the term good. And I just think it just didn't appeal towards it because critically it was quite well received mm. when it first came out. So I, I, I totally agree with all your points. So I've sort of combined those questions around what we change and what, you know, what we would have done to to not make it a flop. For me, the things just generally I would have changed in the film, I would have had more of the earlier scenes with Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. Because yes. the chemistry chemistry between them two is brilliant. So the bits in the garage with just them two, you don't see enough of that. No. I definitely would have had yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have had more more Seth Rogen probably as well. Definitely, you know? yeah. I think you're right. I mean when it comes to awards, the revenant Leonardo DiCaprio was always going to win that year, so Michael, mm. you know, Fastbender didn't really have much of a, a shoe in. Alicia Vikander won for the Danish Girl. Spotlight won Best Picture, but yeah. this wasn't even nominated for Best no, Picture anyway. No, no. I think you're right. I like the concept, but I think a lot of people didn't wrap their heads around it and weren't expecting it. I think everybody going to biography likes that. Start to finish, don't yeah. the eight to you know, eight to eight to Z, that linear storytelling, yeah. linear yeah. story. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. I think I don't have too clever for its own good, but certainly didn't grasp audiences. And I do think I know you said at the end, Fastbender does look like Jobs, and you know, he's wearing the contacts and stuff. I'm going to be snobbish here. I think a lot of audience will buy off, put off by the fact that he doesn't look like him because you've seen with Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. The length sort of Rami Malek goes, even like the Rocket Man with Taron Egerton and yeah. stuff. I know they're different type of movie and stuff. But a lot of biographies tend to be the person makes themselves look like them. Like Man, the on, Ormo- like Man on the Moon with Jim Carrey, you know, yeah. did everything did he could become to be. that person. And I think he did become Steve Jobs, but I don't think an audience looked at it and went, I'm in here. I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, that, he is that character. I think he still looked at it and went, that's just Michael Fassbender, who's ridiculously handsome. And Steve Jobs was not a ridiculously handsome yeah, movie star. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think people could d- do that disconnect of always playing Steve Jobs to actually watching Michael Fassbender. Yeah. So I, I think that played a little bit yeah, of it no, in definitely, there. Definitely. You watch the Rami Malek and you think he's watching Freddie Mercury. Yes. You do. You think, wow, that is Freddie and Mercury. And it's weird because we go back to what I said before. Michael Fassbender's performance is incredible as well. It's, it's his best performance. He's yeah, amazing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but he's brilliant. It's, you, it's, a, it's a brilliant movie. Yeah. It's an absolutely brilliant movie. Would it have been better as a play? Oh, oh I, I, all day long, I think it would, it would be an incredible play. And it would work as a play because the conversation, but it still worked as a great, it's still a great oh, film yeah, as well. Yeah, it, it is. No, it's a great film. Maybe if it had been a play first... And built up that audience Maybe, you know, on the, yeah. the, the West End yeah. and stuff like that. Um, took it to Broadway and then they went, we're going to make a movie about the play. People might have been itching to see it, but for some reason, I'll be, I'll be totally honest, I don't think I've seen it on the cinema. I so don't think I did. I think I, I contributed I watched, to that. Yeah, I watched it when it came out afterwards. Mm-hmm. I just thought, it was when I was trying to think of a film for the box set of Bombed But Boss... I, I just think it absolutely fits in perfectly because it's such a good film. And for those reasons we've said, it. you can see it could have equally been Oscar winner, massive smash, or 
and absolutely sung for the trace, and it did sing for the trace, mm. and it and 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 I love the fact that no one's already even watched it either. But but they do you know they do know about the film because it was a, it was it was a talking point. It just the po- I love the poster. Yeah, posters minimalistic and I like posters like that. Maybe I don't know. Did that play a part? I really don't know. Shall we move on to the quick fire round? <laughs> Okay, Liam, I'm going to ask you some questions. You've got two seconds to answer each question. Or we just edit out the gaps and nobody will ever know. Don't ever know. Apple phone or Android phone? Oh, Apple. The best phone app? IMDb. <laughs> best job you've had? Oh, that's good. I feel like that guy's really like, what's that going to do? Oh, job, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got there in the end. <laughs> uh, not comedian. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd probably have to say the job I'm in now. Yeah. Where's job then? Mm. I once worked for bistro type place it was a very weird setup personally bought the place bought it as a cover so we could have an affair with someone what yeah this sounds like a movie in itself yeah it was weird but it i'm not gonna say too much it gets even <laughs> weird like not weird but you can tell me afterwards yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that would we'll say that for weird. a box set special yeah, yeah well yeah it was a bit weird yeah the job you would most want oh I would like to not have a job. <laughs> if I'm honest. No job. Yes, no job. Steve, no jobs. Steve, no jobs. Yeah. Last question then. Steve Jobs or Blow Johnny Depp's 2001 movie? Um, I like both damn films. I'm going to go with Steve Jobs. <laughs> Cheeky. Okay, we're going to do things a little bit differently for this box set. We normally at this point talk about where we can watch the film, but the listener, we've already done that for Steve Jobs in our trailer. You may have listened to a couple weeks ago. So, Dave, what film are you bringing for next week's podcast? And the reason we're doing this is to give the listener a bit of a heads up so if they want to watch the film in advance, they can then listen to along to the podcast and maybe get a bit more enjoyment out of it because they've just watched it themselves. So Dave, first of all, what film are you doing next week? Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. So where can the listener watch Galaxy Quest? All your normal kind of platforms, your YouTubes, your Googles, your Amazons. It's not available on the stream and once it's part of your subscription. So it's it's, it's, it's a £2.50 renter for 24 hours, okay? So next week it'll be Galaxy Quest. I look forward to that. So now we're going to move on to if you like Steve Jobs, what else would you like? I'm going to go first then. I've picked movies and TV shows that are over a space of time. Okay. Because obviously this is, you know, it's three separate nights, but it's over, is it a couple of decades, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So the obvious one is 2001 Space Oddity because yeah. that's just over millions of years. But I've gone with When Harry Met Sally. Yes, good shout. Which we've done a podcast episode about. I've gone with Boyhood because generally that was filmed over a decade. We've mentioned this. You haven't seen it yet, have you? I don't think so, no. They film it with the same actor and then 10 years later come back and film it with the same actor. It's a really good film uh, with Ethan Hawke. Highlander. Yes. Yeah, it's over, you know, um, centuries almost, isn't it? Forrest Gump. Ooh, obviously, yeah. Yeah. Does Back to the Future count? Because it's over different periods. <laughs> but it's not like... I don't know if it fits. It fits. It's I suppose in the 50s. so, because it does. Because the story does to, does go from the fifties through to the eighties. To the western, yeah, the western yeah. uh, movie, Peaky Blinders. Yes, good shout. And then I've gone with Blackadder. Oh, great shout! I tell you which one I would chuck in there as well. 
like you could choose between either Goodfellas or Casino. Oh, great chance, well. yeah. Good one. Okay, the theme I went with was a bit obvious this week. I went for biographies and I specifically picked film biographies because there's something about like a two-hour biography. The first one is is obvious, The Social Network, I think. Yeah. I think, the, the, you know, the, the, Aaron Sorkin wrote both of them. They're both about tech giants. There's so many similarities, but completely different films, I've got to say as well. I'm also going to chuck in their Moneyball. It's a great movie. I think it's a great film as well. Chris Pratt also in that as well, isn't it? That was one of his early films, wasn't Mm. it? The Founder, the Michael Keaton one about McDonald's. I love The Founder, yeah. I absolutely love Nick Offerman as well. Yes, I love that. Bridges Spies. Our mate Tom Hanks. Our good friend. We love a bit of Tom Hanks. The Imitation Game, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, really like that. Lovely. Which obviously is a link to... Steve Jobs. Yes, because he did mention him in the film, didn't he? It's the the apple is, isn't it? The Green Book, the Marsha Ali one. Yeah, really enjoyed that. Love that one. Beautiful Mind. Bit of Russell Crowe, yeah. In fact, that reaches both our themes because that spreads over decades as well, doesn't it? Le Mans 66. Good movie, yeah. Love that. We went to see that in pictures, didn't we? Yeah, we did. And... Last one, another Tom Hanks one, and Leonardo DiCaprio, Catch Me If You Can. So, this is the first episode in our Bomb or Boss box set, and it was Steve Jobs, and you should watch it if you can. It if you can production executive produced by Kenny, our Val's lad, on work experience. Don't forget to follow, rate, and share from wherever you get your podcasts.